Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news, every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. We're back. Psychic Josh is resplendent in his Soho House Star office. Hi, Josh. Boyd, this is fantastic to be doing another podcast, Top of the League, and you have got company yeah. as you do this podcast. Is that yeah. a first? I think it is a first, yeah. Um, yeah, two friends, two two great friends uh, who have been um, traipsing around London all day looking at royal-based things, and they're here to go to the Queen's funeral tomorrow, as we're recording this Sunday evening. Um, so they will be attending... I mean, they won't be. They'll be in the Westminster Abbey, but you know, they'll be watching in the crowd. Boys, you've got friends in in high places. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if they were. I'm surprised Ben's not going to Westminster Abbey. Ben Winston, our our, our glorious friend and uh, some part time podcaster. Anyway, we're also joined by the resplendent Ollie Shorts, chocolate magnate, and staunch Arsenal away supporter, because you were there today at Brentford, I believe, Ollie. I was great to be here, and it was a great afternoon um, in Brentford, Chiswick. Yeah, it was lovely. It was magical. Um, is that your first time in the Brentford Stadium? No, I was unfortunately there the first game of last season, that, that lovely Friday evening. Oh, God. We lost 2 0, so it was nice to go back and watch what was just such a simple three points and we've had a few of them this season so yeah great Boyd were you also looking around royal things today or were you across no. the game 
No, I was I was watching the game. It was a great morning uh, for me. It was like dream morning because the fact that the game had been brought forward to noon meant that I could have a, like a relaxing lie-in, um, you know, do various things, bits and pieces around the, around the flat and then watch the game at noon. And it was, as we said, like such a stroll in the park. I mean, we'll get into the nitty-gritty, but um, it was extraordinary And because and at no point did I ever feel there was any jeopardy whatsoever about the result. It was like a dream scenario. So yeah, all, all games should start Sunday at noon and um, be absolute walkover walks in the park, and that would be that would be a glorious situation. Well, boys, your your, your influence, I'm sure, could be uh, put to use. You can campaign yeah. for twelve o'clock Sunday yeah. kickoffs. Yeah. I mean, um, in a way, we're all really pleased the Arsenal game went ahead, aren't we? Because it did feel yes. about three or four days ago that games in London were in serious doubt. So to have this one go through, and obviously Thursday didn't, um, was a bit of relief. Just to go into international break, we're still top, and um, the momentum is back after the defeat at Old Trafford. It's perfect, isn't it? It is weird, isn't it, Ollie? that in a way that this went ahead, because other games... Basically, this game went ahead because it's like a low low threat level. Is that right? I'm I'm led to believe because all the police have been commandeered... Yeah, as I understood, or it was explained to me. Yeah, but all games have got a different category, effectively, of, of risk of security that is required to them. Um, that ranges in in grade, effectively. And uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, United, Leeds um, are examples of what is seen as sort of category A um, risk fixtures. So yeah. um, they won't so just what go was, ahead. What and likewise, three thousand PSV fans coming over was oh, also wow. treated in in the same manner. So we'll have to do that again, and we're doing that on the 20th of October, which means our Man City game has, has, of course, moved. But if one of Thursday or today were to go ahead, I think most Arsenal fans were happy it was the league form back in in business. Man City game postponed till whatever whatever day next year could be a total decider, of course. It Um, it could be. I'm joking. I'm joking, of course. Um, You're joking, of course, boy, because the title will be over and done with and... They'll, they'll give us a garden of honour, yeah. I assume. Yeah, you're right, yeah, of course, of course. Um, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the game, I just have, I have something else to say, actually, which is that um, what was what was going to happen in this podcast was that I got a exclusive chat with um, Matt Lucas and Ellis James, right, who are the new presenters of Fantasy Football League on Sky, which starts on the 29th of September, and I chatted to them for this very podcast for about 20 minutes last week, right, on Zoom, set up by um, publicists for the show, uh, had a lovely chat. They were both on great form. Ellis James, who's a Swansea fan, right, who's, you know, um, lovely comedian and presenter, he even tailored his answers to all my questions with an Arsenal kind of bent, you know, so that it was all Arsenal relevant. Matt, obviously, Arsenal fan anyway, who has been on the podcast years ago, uh, years and years and years ago. Um but a slight, only slight issue with the whole thing was that only after I realised that I hadn't been recording it, my end, and they definitely did not record it their end either. So well, you were supposed to be recording it, Boyd. It was never. It was never explicitly discussed. Oh my god! But so, Boyd, why didn't you? First, you you told me this might be happening, but at no yeah. point did you even invite me to this. Well. Do you know what? And I hate to say Josh. which of the two of us does more technically towards this no, podcast no, no. getting out there. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. It's a complete fucking disaster. But I, I absolutely should have got you involved. But it, it was happening. It was like they didn't even know. It was like, oh, it might be this time. It might be that time. And it was in the middle of the day. So I didn't even want. And also it was complicated enough that Boy, I, was... I, I 
I'm lucky to say I don't have to ask the boss if I can have during the middle of a day off. I'm in a very I, fortunate oh position. God. And more bizarrely, I've actually contributed to this fantasy league show. I've arranged a couple of legends to do oh, I bet you have. Phoenix from the Flames oh, uh, I bet moments you uh, for, for their scenes. So Funnily enough, another reason. Yeah, they're bringing back Phoenix from the Flames. Did you watch Fantasy Football League, Ollie, when it was on in the 90s? No, I, I mean, no. No. Just, just straight up. No, I've, I've, no. I've got... I, I, can't, I can't say I did. I, oh, okay. I can't say I don't know the, 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 what you mean by Phoenix from Flames and stuff like that. But, oh, um, Ollie's God. a disgrace. And Ollie's to be honest, really? um, was probably supporting Tottenham or something in, in the 90s, so we should, shouldn't worry about that. Um, I, I was I was massively into it. I had all the videos, yeah, the VHSs. I, I remember going to watch. I've got a picture that I found recently, actually. I'm in the yellow Arsenal shirt of 2003, 2004, at what I think was a Euro 2004, which might have been one of the last times they ever sort of came back for Dylan Skinner and did a series. So yeah. I like I was like massive fan of the show. So I yeah. was quite excited to hear that. Yeah. It's, I don't. I can't back. even go back back to being six years old and remembering what I was doing and watching. So you know, well done to you for even. Ironically, you can't remember any... that, and there's a 15 year old who's definitely going to remember what they were doing today for Arsenal Football Club. Yeah, uh, which is amazing, sure. which we will I'm come sure. on to. Um, but boy, are you going to go and watch a recording of the of the new? I hope so. I hope so. Let's yeah, I mean, that. Matt and Ellis probably rightly furious that. We'll never hear their contribution to this podcast. But um, are you going to tell them? Did you come? Um, well, They'll never know. There's I enough can... PR going on. Just uh, say you know it what? went really well. But yeah, that's true. I mean, the the publicists obviously know because we had this discussion, awkward discussion about it. But I don't think they've told them. No, hopefully they won't notice. I mean, Matt, who Matt, Matt's quite kind of meticulous about these things. Obviously, he might notice. But anyway, he, he'll understand. He'll understand. We have done guy. the bit in terms of like we're talking about the show. You could tell yeah. people. When it's coming back, exactly. Now, exactly. When's it coming on? I said, and in fact, this is what the publisher said, "Oh, you, you're going to mention." I said, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to completely come clean and mention the whole fucking disaster of it." So it's on starts on the 29th of September. It goes on for I think 14 weeks, so goes up to the World Cup and beyond, even. So I guess it's partly they think they're bringing it back because of the World Cup, um, but they've got some great guests on, um, loads of Arsenal fans in the guest list. In fact, including Trevor McDonald, Roman Kemp. Mo Farah, um, exactly. Um, Ellis James complained that all there's a whole Arsenal mafia. The whole establishment is. Arsenal is Russell support. Howard a gooner? Um, I think he was he at the is, David weirdly. Dean event yeah. I went to on Monday. I, I think, think he, he is. Considering yeah. he's from Bristol, that is odd. But yeah, I believe he is. Um, okay. So yeah, loads of it, it should be very good. It'll be great. Just you won't get to hear about it on this podcast. No, look forward yeah. to it though. 20th yeah. September on Sky Max. <laughs> Thank you. And now, to, and now. Anyway, anyway, on to more important, well, on to equally important matters of the game today. Ollie, for me, watching on TV, as I, I've already kind of made clear, it was a stroll in the park, um, which is obviously ironic in, in many ways. Did it feel like that to you? Was there ever any tension at all? Any kind of feeling of that? It was just, we just, we just controlled the whole game, didn't we? Yeah, it was perfect from, uh, you know, midday onwards for that two hour period. And I, you know, I, I haven't seen any of the highlights. I haven't seen any of the goals or anything like that. Um, and they didn't show any of the highlights at halftime as well, which I thought was very interesting. Um, so I, I can't really comment too much apart from what I saw. Mm. Um, but from minute one, I think we had a chance that uh, Martinez should have scored. It was just, you know, it was just a perfect, um, a perfect 
game, really. The atmosphere is very strange, very, very odd atmosphere. Yeah. I don't think I've been to a game of football that's kicked off so early before in my life. Um, you know, usually we had that, you know, once upon a time, there was 12.45 kickoffs. Um, and then they moved to 12.30. No idea why, but, you know, I've never been to a game so early. Um, and it was just a very strange, odd atmosphere. Um, and, and even from the Arsenal supporters, you know, we tuned up, it was just, we're just cruising. Um, and there was never a point in that game where I thought, I don't think he had really a save to make, um, Ramsdale, only until that, that the 70th minute when, yeah. um, and, and that was it. And we were 3 0 up by then. And it was just, you, you know, sometimes you want those moments in football where you just go absolutely mad in the crowd. But like, I think I mentioned this in the Bournemouth, after the Bournemouth game. Sometimes you just want to go into a game and you just take an early lead, get into it, you know, and just cruise to, mm. to three points. And that's what we did today. And it was just, the football was brilliant. Everything, you, everything was brilliant. And now we've got a two-week break. So let's just enjoy being top of the league. None of this nonsense about, oh, you, you, you haven't played any big teams apart from Man United. Seven games in, top of the league and playing great football, what more could we want? Yeah, you're a very good point about the kickoff time, because I think it did have an effect, didn't it? Because if you contrast it with, obviously, that disastrous first game of the season last year, which was on a Friday night, very intense, you know, incredible atmosphere from them. This time, noon Sunday, it felt like they at no point did they ever establish that kind of daunting atmosphere. And right from the start, we, we took, just took over, didn't we? And, and you know, it took us 70 minutes to score, but... It, but it just felt like that the atmosphere was the key. The lack of atmosphere, in fact, was the key. And they even mentioned it on the um, commentary as well. Yeah, it was just very strange. It was, um, the, the, the you know, as you mentioned, it was their first game back last year um, uh, in the, in the, in the in, you know, top division for however long. And it was, the you know, it was a contrasting atmospheres, contrasting games. Um, everything went right for them, you know, a year ago and everything right went right for us today. And, you know, even having all those injuries, no Zinchenko, no Odegaard, you know, mm. Tierney came in, did an, you know, amazing job. Vieira, amazing Tierney, job. Tierney had a, I thought, I thought, because we have been slightly critical of him, like not, you know, but I thought we had a really good game, didn't we? I thought it was great. Yeah, no, it was everyone, you know, when you just come in and everyone just did their job. Everyone did their job and there was never any doubt, really, from minute one because we had that chance within 90 seconds, pretty much, that what, what the result was going to be. And long may that continue. But I don't think in two weeks' time we're going to have quite the uh, the joyous occasion No, um, that, that we had this afternoon. I think it'll be completely different. Oh, we'll get but, to that. We'll, we'll get to that. Yes. Josh, it, it was true, wasn't it? Because that, that, really, Odegaard's been one of, our, one of our players of the season so far, if not the player, maybe. You know, certainly up there in the, in the top two or three. He's been brilliant. Um, Zinchenko has made such a difference, but we didn't miss them at all. Fabio Vieira slotted in like you've been playing for us, you know, for years. Just did, just look completely comfortable, um, you know, and kind of along with party. I thought well, the midfield just worked brilliantly. Great to have party makes a big difference, I think. Party because he just controls everything, doesn't he? And it just allowed um, Xhaka, who was captain today, to kind of advance up the field, just and, and, and you know, just a brilliant cross that he did today to get to create a goal. Um, so just the whole lineup worked. I like how Arteta is kind of his his decisions about who to put in the team seem mainly based on the, the path of least resistance, like not messing around with it too much. So 
Tierney just comes in as fullback. Um, Vieira comes in, you know, in that number 10-ish role or certainly in the middle kind of advanced midfield. And it just it just all seems very sensible to me. And, you know, all the goals are kind of quite fantastic in their own way. Yeah, I think a lot of Arsenal fans would have been um, a little bit nervous to see mm. Odegaard missing today um, and, and potentially Tierney as well. But what you have to credit Arteta with, I completely agree with you, he has stuck by players until there's a reason to make a change and hasn't sort of forced changes, hasn't tinkered the team for no particular reason. People have had to wait their turn. You know, we have saw that with the Europa League game in, in Zurich where, you know, a couple of people were given opportunities, Marquinhos being the, the primary one. But with Fabio Vieira, this wasn't like you know, a, a signing for a couple of million quid who we're hoping turns it, you know, mm. this was a 35 million pound player that Arsenal were able to bring off the bench who has, you know, played at, you know, a top level in Portugal for a couple of years um, and has come with a, with a pretty serious reputation and presumably isn't coming just to sit on the, the bench all season and needs to, needs to go away and make an impact. But as a full league debut moment, I'm, trying to think of almost a better goal that can stick in your mind from an Arsenal player in recent years. It was just wonderfully struck. You've got to love a goal where the goalkeeper just isn't really ever in contention for, yeah. for saving it and just goes in off the post. It was just a, a beautiful moment. And, and the other thing I wanted to ask Oli on, because Granit Xhaka seemed all, not quite emotional to be handed about the captain's armband and to be serenaded. Is, is that fair, Oli? What, what kind of sing-song was there for Granit Xhaka in the away end? Yeah, I mean, it was the, the Bournemouth game I mentioned a few weeks ago when I was on the pod. It was the first time that we'd actually had a song for Granit Xhaka. Um, and at the end of the game, um, I don't know what the Sky cameras, you know, panned to kind of toward at the end of the game and all the players came over. You know, there was that, that you know, there was 1,700 of us. Um and we were all singing his name and he had a great game. And, and you can tell that he was, it was a different Xhaka, a different, you know, a different player to, you know, and that connection that he has with the fans is, is something that we've not seen for five years. He's always done, I mean, there was that, that point, um, I think it was in the, the second half when he got booked. It was very mm. Granite Xhaka-esque, but, he yeah. seems to have, although he's got his like jacketisms, as we, you know, we can call it what we want. There's just this different player um, to to that of you know two two seasons ago when he was constantly doing these stupid things um, and not really providing goals, assists, you know, and the, the where he's being played is. It's ten times better than where he's been played in the, in previous. He's kind of got this role of like just sort of go wherever you want in midfield. Let Partey do you know the, the defensive work and be this. Am I am I going to say box to box? I don't know. No, he is. Um, he is. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, 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 but it's down, a lot of that is down to Partey, isn't it? He, when he's yeah. there, he gives him that, that that he allows him to do that so much more than if he's not there. I mean that is. But yeah, he's it, he is box to box. Yeah. But what you have to say is completely changed his game. Yes. Already three assists, isn't it? That was his third assist of the season, I think. Today, he's obviously already got one goal as well. The last three three seasons, he'd only got two assists in the entire Premier League season. So we are seeing 
you know, him played obviously in a different way and the impact that he's managed to have. I also wonder if the documentary has something to do with how he's viewed a little bit by the fan base, because I think he did particularly come across well. I think it looked like yeah. he was a senior figure who cared, who was the most angry or was at least shown to be the most angry in those sort of dressing rooms at the end of the season when it was all it all went wrong, particularly the game at Newcastle. And it feels like it has come full circle with him and that takes time. You know, the, when he did, you know, throw the armband and, you know, went off to chorus of booze, you know, you wonder how that can ever quite be recovered. And it's taken a hell of a lot of time to heal, but I think it, it now has. And but he's yeah. getting that respect from, from the entire fan base now. It's not only the the number of assists, but it's it's. I mean, that cross today for the second goal for, for Jesus was absolutely amazing. Like they, you know, it was just perfect, and it was like a little kind of dinked cross. Just everything about it, like the pace on it, and the it was just absolutely perfect. So um, he's just, you know, as Ollie's, he's just. <laughs> we're seeing the best of him, and this is, you know, the player that was picked in the in the best eleven at the Euros and all that. It's fantastic, yeah. It's, it's you only of... worry, you do worry though. With you know, you, has he just completely got rid of all these mistakes? I don't think he does. I don't think he has, and I think he's still got it in him as, as you know, got that stupid yellow card today. But yeah, but as um, you say, it's about him. The fact that he's more advanced means that he won't have to make those stupid mistakes as much. I mean, tactical. He got fouled. He got the yellow card for what was basically a tactical foul, didn't he? Je- Jesus got Jesus. Jesus. Jesus got booked. For a tactical foul as well, he's only like so. I think that's fine. I don't that that the booking today wasn't like an idiotic booking. It was just a kind of you know typical kind of Man City style booking in a way. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think when when the team's playing well and you're top of the league, seven six wins out of seven, you know, you, there's no matter who you are, mm. um, you are there's going to be this joy around the club so you can get away with little things that you know if he had made a mistake and, and we won a game you know um you kind of forget it and i always feel like with jacker in the past his mistakes have always been so costly to us um i can you know i'm thinking of burnley you know in that covid season where he, he i think he hit it off a burnley player and we drew one one at, at turf Moor, and then we got he got sent off in the, the home make um the home game he's always his mistakes have always come at a price yeah. um it doesn't really help him so you know he's probably still got it in there but if we continue to win and he's continued to come at this is a goal here and there and, and we continue to play the, the football that we're doing um it's it's only it's only going to be good and you know this new position for him is giving him that that freedom that he's probably never had before and so credit to the player but also credit to Arteta for allowing him to this season just play that advanced role. And I don't think any of us saw it, um, that he could do it. And he's done it up to, to an absolute tee. Absolutely. We'll talk about the other goals a bit and the 15-year-old um, Ted Lasso uh, and more after this break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm back from the break. Did you uh, did you notice, um, Ollie, that having been there while it was all happening, that um, the goal, Vieira's stunning goal, a work of great beauty, um, he didn't think it was going in. Necess- do you see? Like, so they should on TV. He scores the goal, and he kind of doesn't. Really, he kind of turns around, almost thinking that it's hit the hit the bar and, go, and going to ricochet away. And then he kind of turns around again, notices it's gone in, and starts the celebration. Yeah, absolutely. We were there was that sort of. One, one, one second, two second pause um, before we actually celebrated. I don't know if it was uh, you mentioned maybe on TV with the um, replays that he didn't expect it to go in, or maybe he was just absolutely shocked that it, you know, that it did. So um, yeah, it was great. And um, there's this definite camaraderie between Vieira and you know they're all mm. Portuguese speaking pretty much in that squad. You know, you got the three Gabriels, um, so it helps him coming in, and he seems to seems to have fitted in really nicely. Um, and when you're when you are that new player, it's a little bit like Anthony for, for Manchester United. You come in and you start well, um, that helps, and you settle in. And, yeah. and he's he, you know he came in against um, you know, Man United and the Zurich game, and he, and he looked like he could do something. Um, he definitely needs to bulk up. Oh, definitely at points. I was going to ask. I was gonna... out like muscle the ball uh, completely. It is extraordinary. He is the so slight a figure, isn't he? He's so skinny. And not that tall either. That he is, it's he's unbelievably slow. And yet, but I think today he showed because you'd think maybe against some, you know, likes of Brentford, Brentford do play, you know, decent football. But he 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 avoided. He kind of still helped run the midfield. He didn't, you know, he didn't look like he couldn't cope with the fact that he was tiny. He's a tiny little skinny guy. So maybe he'll be all right. But he is incredible. The, the extent to which he's he is one of the slightest pressure footballs I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, absolutely. But. Um... The way that he could pick a pass, it reminded me of you know Fabregas at times. Yeah. Um, the way that he just there was a couple of times, and I think we even saw it in his sort of cameo against Manchester United, and then the game against Zurich that he has this this ability to pick a pass that that probably most of the um, the starting eleven couldn't, and I think that's going to be key um, for the rest of the season. And Josh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I was very excited. I was thrilled for him that he scored the goal, partly because I think like I want him to keep scoring so that he keeps up with you know other other players who are in, in there for the golden boot. I mean, Harlan's obviously going to run, run away with it, but I, I, I think he he really wants to be up there scoring goals week in week out. And it was a great goal. And he spent more importantly, he spent more time in the last third of the pitch. I think I mean, in, in the penalty area, running into the penalty area than he did. In the main, I think in the main United game, it felt like he he was going too deep sometimes to be hypercritical of him. I mean, he works incredibly hard, but in this game, I think he really made that difference, and he was man of the match. I mean, quite rightly, he makes such a difference, doesn't he? And the goal was pretty fantastic as well. It was, and he created a couple of other terrific opportunities. The moment in the second half where uh, Xhaka did manage to get the ball back to him, and, and in the end, Rea made a good save. And then, you know, e- even late on, there was a, another chance after that where he somehow managed to get the ball, you know, off off two of the Brentford defenders yes. Yes. towards a corner flag and brought it in. So there were so many great moments in there, and 
you know, we're seven games in. How many times have we said it this season? Like, what an upgrade it feels like on what, we, what we've got up front. Um, and that is the difference that is going to, you know, continue to keep us towards the, the top of the table. There, there was a lovely moment at the David Dean uh, PR event that was at the, the Cambridge Theatre on, on Monday night where he had Arsene Wenger, of course, I'm going to mention Arsene Wenger, where he was on stage. Wasn't invited. Carry on. Yeah, you've got to tell us why you weren't there in a minute. But it, I wasn't Wenger was asked, of what, you know, of his thoughts on Arsenal this season. At, and he, you know, effectively said, absolutely sees them as being sort of top four material. And, and why not this season, you know, potentially in a title change? Because he felt there wasn't necessarily one team that, you know, was going to go so far sort of beyond... Uh, beyond the others and I don't know every week that goes by you'll you know we'll start to think well you can't say Arsenal are not in a title race at the moment because we're we're top of top of the league and you know we've played seven games so you know for now we have to say we are in a title race and uh, long may it continue long may it continue why weren't you there on Monday night board I wasn't invited that's a uh, yeah you were not invited I was not invited that is the staggering it's almost as staggering as you not asking me I to mean, come and do the interview that never went out with Ellis James and Matt Lucas. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely scandalous by the pair of you. So um, shame on both of you. Thanks, Ollie. Yeah, thanks. Correct. Correct. Was it good? Have you? So you got. So the book is about um, Arsenal and life, I believe, as well. Yes, a little magic I, I, life. Hand on heart, have not opened the book yet okay. other than okay. um but did grab the copy that you got when you attended uh called calling the shots david dean how to win in football and life by all accounts it's um a very good book and did he you know, have I'll be intrigued to read it did he have different anecdotes to when we last saw him with arsene wenger on stage at the palladium well it, there were um moments where you had to remember you were at a, a different event but yes the, there were a number of players went up on stage i think george graham was supposed to be there and couldn't be there in the end. So Lee Dixon went up on stage. Ian Wright was on stage. Uh, Thierry Henry, you know, was was on stage as well. There was an, a really amazing moment where um, the mother of two girls who passed away tragically at Hillsborough were, was on stage. And um, some, some of the people listening will be familiar with Haberdash's school where David Dean's... Um, daughter had gone to school and this was a, a mother of two girls from Haberdash's school who had gone up to the game and had passed away and I she came and spoke so movingly about wow. what David had done at the time as a figure in football to come and see her and, and meet with her and spend time and you know um know her and clearly here they are you know several decades later still still in touch and still having um that connection and you know David speaking about how having that sort of personal connection to Hillsborough through her had made him feel um, really sort of empowered to improve the situation in, in football stadiums. Um, and look, David Dean is, a, you know, a pivotal character in, in what Arsenal football club was in that period. And, was you know until 2007 he left Arsenal. It's 15 years ago um, now, and and Arsene spoke about how close he felt he was to leaving when when David left, but had been persuaded by David really to stay for the good of the club. And Arsene has spoken about it before, but how the 
the banks even really had wanted to know that Arsenal was on a long-term contract when they agreed to give the money to lend yeah, against he always the talks about stadium. That, yeah. He does talk about that, but I don't think we can begrudge him. And, you know, we have to reflect mm. about, no, about that. But uh, I don't if begrudge you want to begrudge it, then we can. No, no, anyway, no, no, the, no. it was a lovely event. Um, there were many other former players um, there. Jens Lehmann was there. Uh, Martin Keown. Um, Anders Limpar was there. Oh, uh, Therefore, Suka. Talk about burying um, the lead. Anders Limpar, you should, that, that should be the first name on the list. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking at the photo I took now. Uh, yeah, Davos Suka was there. Loren, Paul Davis. Uh, Sol Campbell. Uh, Patrick Vieira, who got that's a an amazing serenading. That's, Pat Rice. That's, that's an amazing lineup. That's almost better than the Arsene Wenger got for his event. That's so, really amazing. And uh, Henry Winter and Amy Lawrence, who um, ghosted the book, were, were there and were hosting the event. So, yeah, a, a lovely event was... Fantastic by all. Um, did you? Uh, I'm going to come clean. I hadn't oh. heard of our 15 year old um, no. prior to today. Well, um, Ethan Nwaneri. Ollie, when did you realise we had a 15 year old on the bench today? When I read Twitter, just like <laughs> I think probably 100% of the fan base was. And I'm pretty sure he might have got a phone call late last night to say, uh, We need you. And he might have been out there. Uh, out chilling with his mates or something. <laughs> Who knows? He's at home with his parents, probably. Yes, um, he, he was told he was going yeah, to be in the squad. Well, I saw, I have heard of him yesterday, I was going to say, because yesterday morning on social media, a few of the in-the-know types said that he, he could be in the squad. And um, and they kind of were pre- saying, you know, it's gonna, it could be a world record-breaking, not world, it could be a Premier League record-breaking appearance if he does. But what's interesting is he's so, it was such a surprise, right? If, if you look at, I love, if you look at Google's coverage of the match, so Google covers every Premier League game. They haven't got his name even in their official coverage. So when it's the substitution, right, on the 19th minute, it says Arsenal midfielder number 83. They haven't, they haven't got an image for him. They have, can't even, haven't even got his fucking name on the list. It's incredible. How it many is days unbelievable is it? that he was it's, under his teens at good the point, start of the season. What well, was that, Oli? Oli says how many days? He's he's 15 and 180 something days. So he's not even near he's not 60. even 15 and a half. He's, 15, he's not even 15 and a half. 15 and and half. What, was, what was Fabregas when he because Fabregas before I've looked this was, up, Ollie. I'm glad you've asked. Um I'm glad you since did. Fabregas was 16 years and 177 days. I remember oh, I went wow. to the game, it was Rotherham in the League Cup. So he smashed it by a year. But can I just say, you know, we've got this player, Matt Smith, who again, I'm not going to test your knowledge on. Who has yeah. sat on our bench yeah. a lot of times? FA Cup winner Matt Smith. Yeah, he's twenty-one. He's yeah. never played a minute. Crazy. of Premier League football. Crazy, and I'm not sure he's played a minute of senior football for us. Or even in the, he was on the bench, I think, yeah. in the Europa League. Possibly, yeah. I'm like, not been given a minute. This lad walks in the first time he's ever on I the know. pitch. I think he's right. on the pitch. It's incredible. Well, this is what this is what we have to discuss. Is that I absolutely hundred percent think that he only came on, and that added to the whole joy of the day because we were three 0 up. You know, there's absolutely no threat whatsoever. I was established. It's a complete walkover. So Arteta, being the brilliant human being that he is, as we've all seen from from all, all or nothing, etc. And yes, I know people having a go at me on Twitter saying I wanted him to be sacked, like you know, two years ago, or whatever. Yeah, fine. So did like you know, I would say the, almost the majority of Arsenal fans. Anyway, 
I think he completely gratuitously took advantage of the situation to make this record-breaking substitution because it was very out of character, wasn't it? So he's definitely like he's not next on the list, if you like, of people to come on. You know, there's plenty of people ahead of him, but I think he just wanted that, give him that moment. It was such a brilliant moment. And Ollie in the crowd, did you? The, the chants were fantastic. You've got school in the morning. <laughs> You know, um, what was the, Did you like, like how the commentator on Sky pointed out it was actually a bank holiday? So it was <laughs> yes. incorrect. Uh, there was, a, there yes. was a few, in, and myself included, it was like, he does not have school in the morning, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> what, what, but what the, the thing is, when you, when you get a player making their debut um, so young, you, you, you do hear of them. And I remember yeah. you mentioned Josh Fabregas and, and the Rotherham game. Um, and we had heard of uh, Fabregas. I think it was kind of like Fabregas and Fran Marida was like the, the, the players coming through um, loopily and stuff like that. You, you hear of these players, and when they make their debut, you're like, you're not shocked. You're like, not, I've, you know, I've heard of him. Hmm. Genuinely, I don't think anybody had ever heard of it. And it's just like, it, what you know, obviously, we don't have the biggest squad. We know that there was a big talk over the transfer windows. We've got to the final day with all the injuries, and we don't have a big enough squad, etc. etc. And obviously, he's come in because we genuinely don't have anyone to, to fill the bench. So, that, you know, gets the gets the call up when he's chilling with his mates, um, or his mum and dad. Um, but is he going to be a phenomenal Premier League footballer for Arsenal, or is this an absolute? you know, fortune where he's, everything just, you know, fell in line with him and he got his Premier League debut and we're never going to see him again and he's going to be in League um, One or League Two. I just have no idea because usually, hmm. like Charlie Bettino, everyone was talking about Charlie Bettino last season, made his debut, scored his debut, but, you know, he's so young. You just, I just have no idea. So no. young that he, he can't get changed with the senior player. He can't get changed with the uh, with the Arsenal first team today. Has to change what? separately. What? If you're under sixteen, you cannot true? change. Yeah, really? I, I've I know that sort of what, thing from what, for running football events. When were it for safeguarding? Yeah, from a, like looking after a child. Effectively, wow. he's a minor. That is so amazing. he can't he can't you know be in a changing room with loads of other you know adults getting changed. Effectively, you have to have yeah, to get yeah. changed in a separate space on his own. Um, which is a, you know, and he'll have to do that for the next 185 days until he's turned 16. Um, yeah, it's an extraordinary um, situation. It is, to, to think we've had 30 years of Premier League football and you might think, oh, you get someone who shaves a couple of days off the record, like that might come around every couple of seasons. <laughs> yeah, He has smashed this record by, by an yeah. extraordinary distance. It was Harvey Elliott, who was 16 years and 30 days. So Ancient. he's... Like 190 yeah. days quicker. It's it's absolutely it was mind-boggling. Um yeah. and also um that you know, by all accounts, this wasn't, you know, to go from the sort of under 18, you, you know, straight into even you know, under under 21s to then be called into training. I I wonder what is going on really in the in the mindset almost of 
of Arteta there because it is such an unusual um, journey to ask a player to make. I'll be fascinated. Maybe we will see him in the Europa League. We're hoping that we're going to have a couple of, you know, dead rubbers, you know, hopefully. I think, didn't I read, I think I read it's against, like he can't play in the Europa League for some reason. I think it's against. Is that league. right? He yeah. might be not be on the list, but isn't yeah. he a homegrown? Or is that not possible? I don't think it's, but I, I, I read okay. somewhere, I'm sure I read somewhere saying he's he's not eligible. Yeah. What was think. lovely, and I and I don't know if they, they showed it on, on the, on, on the TV, but when after the full time whistle, that the players, you know, they come over and they pulled, they pushed him forward. Yes, yes. Um, like Ramsdale pushed. It. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Which was really lovely, and he looked like you know so shy, like yeah. he was. Like, what am I doing here? I can't really um, come and leave my luck. And it was it was a really lovely sort of beautiful moment um, between him and, and the fans, and also just shows you know what's going on at the club. Not just on on the pitch, but you know that camaraderie between the, the squad and the, and the players and how they're just you know they're all having a great time and and I think it was uh, it was a lovely little moment at the end of the game. Absolutely, but I loved about I loved the chants were brilliant. Well, that, there was another chant, wasn't there? Something else about him being fifteen. Um, how was, shit must how you shit be? Must you be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but I've it really- is a bit trolling. I wonder if there was a little bit because he was so upset. You know that we saw in the All or Nothing that Ivan Tony. Yeah, you know, I wonder if, you, if there's a club I'm going to take the piss and put a 15 year old. I mean, against. all of those Maybe reasons, different- yeah, I think so. For all those reasons, I loved also, I loved the tweets. There were some brilliant tweets as well. Um, Jonathan Liu, who is a brilliant um journalist, where it's he tweeted, Want to feel old? Even Nuaneri was born in the queue, <laughs> talking about the queue to see the queen. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and is, is, is it true he's is he younger than Twitter? Is that true? Yeah, he, he's younger than Twitter. And he was 12 when the pandemic broke out. He was 12. When the, so, you know, what, he, what he's known for, for kind of quite a lot of his, in quotes, teenage life is, is life under, with a pandemic as a factor in his, in his you know, reality. He probably hasn't even been, he was too young to have a vaccine, I assume. <laughs> right, maybe you're right, yeah. Oh, my God. It, it is just a joy. It was just like, it was just the perfect kind of finale. To the whole thing, I think we we were saying before the, the game, like please be four five nil and just bring yes. him on with a minute yes. to go. Yeah, um, it wasn't quite four five nil, but you know at three nil with a um, yeah. couple of minutes to go, it was it was the perfect opportune moment. And he, you know, if if it's one nil, two nil, he's not coming on. He's yeah. not coming yeah. on. Yeah. They're not answering um, your question about what he's like. I did. Re- I was reading up on him after obviously after the game. They're all saying all people saying in the under 18s he's like the the creative force and like he's an incredible creative player. And they're talking about just like dazzling performances he's had. And that's what Arteta. I think that's what persuaded Arteta to pick him on the bench because he's just apparently been amazing in the last, particularly in the last few weeks. I wanted to mention a couple of other things. Um, did you did you know Ollie that um, Ted Lasso was there? I having that you don't watch fantasy football. Do you watch Ted Lasso? Yes, I've seen that. Yes, yes, and I had no idea that he was in the crowd. Yes, so Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt, who is Coach Beard, the brilliant Coach Beard, were both there. Um, and there's video footage of them chatting to Arteta in the tunnel afterwards, which is a lovely thing to see because I think they go to quite a lot of Brentford games. I think they film quite a lot of the show at Brentford. I think that's one of the main um, places they film. Um, but to see him, to see the two of them, and that makes me feel Arteta must be a Ted Lasso fan himself, and that also makes sense if you if you see All or Nothing, of course, I think, because um, maybe he takes some inspiration from, from Ted Lasso himself. Um, I guess we should talk about the uh, the Spurs game, though, because so we've got an England break. Um, 
Oh, we should Ben White not pitch. That's that seems unfair to me. I think that's he's been a victim. I think of the fact that he's been playing more fullback than centre back. Don't you, Josh? That you know, I think if he'd have been playing yeah. like normally, he would have been picked, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, he he probably feels hard done by if you look at sort of other other players. He's had a very good start to the season. He, in some ways, is yeah. I think you're right. Paid paid the penalty for um, his versatility and. He's not let Arsenal down this season. I think he he offers less going uh, forward than other right backs. And if you're honest, can you see an argument to put him as a right back in no. this current England I squad? Mean, I yeah. think with struggle, right? Yeah. And therefore, does Gareth Southgate think? Well, hang on, how can I put a guy in there who hasn't played centre back all season? And if we're honest, doesn't look like he might might not play centre back as a first choice mm. um, this season. But certainly, you sort of look at some of the others. I think was it was Connor Cody. Um, still got into the uh, into the England squad. Harry um, Maguire's the one, isn't Harry it? Harry Maguire was very I mean, out of form and, and not a bench. But the other yeah. thing about Southgate has been quite loyal to those who have um, done well for him on an international level. And yeah. you know the that, feeling there will be that Harry Maguire hasn't let him down. But there's other problems with our England squad looking ahead to the World Cup, which is so soon, isn't it? That you've got you know Luke Shaw, you know out of favour at, at, at Manchester United. Calvin Phillips, who was a huge star at, at the Euros, you know, isn't going to get game time potentially at Man United. You've got Declan Rice and a struggling West Ham team. You've got Mason Mount, who hasn't been the same Mason Mount this season. Um, it, it's not all a sea of, mm-hmm. you know, all rosy Saka. from the England Saka's camp. about the only one you can rely on in, in the England squad. One, well, and- Golden Boys. Is he, is he going to take his unicorn blow up to Qatar, do you think? Or have they got something he's else got ready to. for him? Well, he's got to. But it, interestingly, um, I was listening to um, someone on Five Lives last night talking about, you know, it was his 21st birthday recently, and he brought in a lavish cake, apparently, to celebrate his 21st birthday, Bikaya Saka, even more lavish than the normal cakes the footballers bring in to celebrate their birthdays. What, for um, staff? Huh? For the staff. For to- you know, all footballers. Do you know this? All fo- As opposed to like a normal office job where when it's your birthday, everyone else buys you a cake. In football, you have to buy the cake yourself, and you bring, and they kind of try and outdo each other with the most lavish cakes and stuff. This is a this is a good crossover for you, Josh, because you could do like a Bake Off podcast slash football cake related situation. It'd be a dream. That is a a rare possibility. Supplying cakes to footballers, yeah, potentially. Yeah, um, I'm not doing the uh, Bake Down podcast this year. I've handed over the presenting oh, range, okay. but for all those that are enjoying You're the great busy. British. I yeah, am genuinely by the way. decided I'm too busy, but I'm never letting this go. Don't worry. But yeah, for those that are enjoying the Great British Bake Off new series, uh, go search the Bake Down and enjoy the podcast with Sarah I, instead I of prom- me. I promise you we'll wind this fucking podcast down in a minute. But um, I have to say one other thing, which is that I saw you in the audience on a league of their own as I was watching it um, last week on Sky Max slash now. And you were there for the legendary... Michael Sheen doing his Welsh rousing speech thing. Have you seen this, Ollie? Did you see Oh, it? yeah. I think if you haven't seen it, you've yeah. probably not been on social. Right. Exactly. It's Josh was there. Josh you was were supposed there. to be there, boy. I know. I'm gutted that I wasn't there. Absolutely gutted because it was an incredible thing to see. One take. It, incredible. Unbelievable. Did you? Wait, I saw you in the crowd. There's a shot of you. I need. I'm, I meant to um, take a shot of it and send it to you. But um, I will. I've got it. I think I recorded it on my Sky Q. You were clearly visible in the crowd. And um, just the reaction shots from the other people there, like Micah, your mate Micah Richards, yeah. 
um, stumped Aaron Ramsdale. Like, all these people like, didn't know what to do with themselves because it's such an extraordinary thing to win. 100%. Because I think we knew there was, you know, that Michael was going to do something, but didn't quite know what it was. And I promise you, it was absolutely um, incredible. The whole um, audience, the other you know, talent on the show were genuinely open mouthed uh, at this. And did you see he's been invited? I think by Rob Page, the Wales manager, yeah. to go and yeah. talk Quite to. Him. Right. I mean, that clip. Um, I was messaging actually when I saw how well it was doing online. I was messaging with one of the um, producers from from the show when it was on like four million clips, and he was in America. And by the time he saw the message, it was suddenly on like eight million. And when he when he messaged me back, we just could not um, believe it. Um, and I hope people are enjoying the the new series. I think it's, um, it's great. Yeah, really good. Been going down well. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, there's. Um, well, I think we're halfway through the series of what's what's been out there. I think episode five on Sky Max, 9 p.m. Yes. on Thursday. Not to mention another programme you can see on Sky Max um, with Ellis James and Matt Lucas, which we could have heard more about, but for your technological favourite. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. They had a lovely chat. Maybe Tottenham. next week. Yes. Tottenham, Tottenham. you were going to say. Um, Saturday. I'm very excited. The 1st of uh, October, 12.30. Yeah, Ollie's got half an hour more. Um, I know he didn't want to be there sort of so early for a 12 o'clock. He's got yeah. half an hour extra for the 12 o'clock. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm, <gasps> I'm flying back from Spain that day. What the actually? Um, yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> it was one of those games where I was like, you know, I, I was like, oh, crap, I've got my holiday. And I was like, I oh, will be all right. It'll be 4.30 on, on, on Sunday. I'll, I'll be back. Um, but no, they decided uh, 12.30 on Saturday. So I'll be watching it in Spain in a hotel um, and then hopefully I can get on my flight home uh, and be very happy. But I'm I'm nervous, but also excited because I've been watching Spurs a lot this season. I'm sure plenty of uh, the listeners have been as well. They they don't look very good, and I know they got you know they're unbeaten, and I know they played Chelsea and, and West Ham away and got you know a respectable point in both both places. But they, I mean, they just beat Leicester six two, but they. That Leicester game was a strange game. They lost it mm. absolutely. Um, did you know? They didn't deserve to lose in the, in the manner they lost because um, they they played pretty well. Uh, and you speak to a lot of Spurs supporters and you read a lot of stuff. But they're just they they're getting away with it. Um, yeah. It's either going to be wonderful because eventually we'll come up and catch them, and and they'll they'll lose a few games in the spin, and everyone will be you know Conte this, Conte that, or they're just pull the finger out and they'll just put in a really bloody good performance and, and win. Um that they're not playing well, but it, I am worried that they haven't lost. I watched the I watched the game as well. I uh, the, the the um the game against Leicester and it was so interesting. You're right, it was really weird because but before Son came on, first of all they're all complaining about the fact that Son had has been shit this season and, and was quite right not to be picked. Then they were talking on the commentary. At one point, they were actually talking about, and even Spurs, this is when Spurs were winning. And, and to be fair, Leicester were getting quite a lot of the ball still and getting quite a lot of chances to attack. Um, Vardy's totally lost it, by the way. Um, but the commentator made the point that fans, Spurs fans can't be happy with the way they're, the style they're playing in, where they're kind of grinding out results and yet scoring enough goals at the same time to win these games. And then he brings Son on and, and scored that fucking hat trick. And I knew that was going to happen. I knew that. By the time they come around to playing us, some will be back fully, you know, as brilliant as he ever is, tormenting our defence, no doubt, you know. But because he does cause absolute havoc for our defenders. And even though I know that we, the defence is better this season, I still think against that kind of 
player and that front three, I do, I do really worry. I have to say, even though we're top of the league and all that, it's it's going to be hard, isn't it? So before I actually predict my the score, let's go to Josh. What do you think is going to happen, Josh? I think we're going to win two one, Boyd, in a a nervy, um, but ultimately successful North London derby. I think Ollie's right. They've looked like you can score against them. Um, we should give credit to Arsenal defensively. Obviously, today, this is a Brentford side. Smash four past United, five past Leeds, and we majorly restricted them. It was a, a really disciplined performance. And if we can take that into um, the Tottenham game, obviously, you're playing against possibly the best best front three, possibly, in, in mm. the Premier League in terms of what Tottenham have got. But I do think Arsenal at home are, are, are going to have enough. And the momentum that could happen on the back of a North London derby victory heading into October could be massive. What do you think, Boyd? Um, I'm going to be lame and go for like a two-all draw, I think. I'm going to go for a draw. Yeah, I, I just... I mean, if we win that game, uh, I think you're right. It's such a brilliant... It'll be, it'll be an incredible um, confirmation of how of how of, of where we're going. But I just think there's something so annoying and irritating about Spurs... That I feel I, I don't think we'll win, but I think we'll get, we'll get a draw. Yeah, Ollie, what about you? Acing it on their performances mm. and not on their results, I think we'll win 3 0. <laughs> wow, okay, Steve Bold. Yeah, very I, Steve like, Bold. I, I just I, I like I, it. I do. <laughs> I, I they, look, there's obviously that bit, it's Tottenham, um, and they, they haven't lost and they got, as Josh mentioned, one of the best front three, but they just don't look very good. Yeah. And either, as I said, either they're just going to put in an amazing performance and, and beat us or something like that. But I just, I've got to base it on the seven games that I've, I've watched first. They were terrible against Chelsea. They weren't very good against Leicester. They managed to score six goals, but Leicester, literally, it's a gimme. Um, honestly, the amount of goals they gifted them was, was, was crazy. I just... If we oh, play okay. like we play with yeah. our seven and they do how they've done with our seven, I just think, you know, why not? Go for it. Got to yeah, be confident with top of the league. Love it. Absolutely. Um, Ollie, thanks so much as ever. Josh, it's Thank been you a joy. Me, yeah, and thanks everyone for listening. And we won't... Boyd. We were, yes, Josh. I just realised we're not recording. Just joking, Boyd. Shut I up. Twice Shut a week. Just joking. Okay. It's been a pleasure. I can see we're recording because the red light is going. And in fact, I didn't notice the red light wasn't going when I was talking to Matt Lucas and that's James. It's truly preposterous. You were just starstruck, weren't you, Boyd? Starstruck. starstruck. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much for reminding me of that. And uh, we'll be back not next week, but the week after because next week is Boring International Week, of course. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.